friends, welcome to the Pelican Project Podcast. I'm Crystal. And I'm Kelly. And we want to welcome you, invite you, join us. We are sitting at a table today. Join us at the table (laughs) for a conversation. So we were inspired this morning. We went to Mass. Yep. Met up at Mass and we're inspired by Mass as so often happens. Yeah, 100%. First of all, can I just say how cool it is that... Our kids go to the same place and we can yeah. just park, get out, go to mass together, come back, do Pelican Project things for five years. We have not done the Pelican Project in the same this state, is... sometimes not even the same continent. Yes. This is cool. This is a luxury. Yeah. So to yeah. this morning we were um, Father Anthony, um, named after Father Anthony of Padua, I mean, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because yeah. when I was in Italy, Padua was my favorite places. Um he was reading today, and one of the readings, so we're recording this on, today's the 17th, 17th. was a reading from Wisdom. Yeah. So I wrote down some of the some of the verses that just popped out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, that first reading is talking about, um, you know, basically f- those who are foolish are those who studied the works of nature, and I would kind of pop in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically the true, the good, the beautiful, the works of the creator um, or, or those transcendentals and didn't discern the artisan. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I, you know, how beautiful is that? And then the reading went on to say from the greatness and the beauty of created things, their original author by analogy is seen. And so after mass and before we recorded this, we were talking about that and the idea that the reality truth that God makes himself knowable, um, before you even are called to the ascent of faith, right? So he, just by reason, um, and just by that movement of the heart, you can understand that there is a divine creator. Um, and so as we were talking about that with our prayer growth serve this week, we're talking about, um, using the talents God gave us, Mm -hmm. right. And these last few podcasts and these last few prayer growth serves are really tying that in a bow. We've been talking about the way God made us and and the way he has blessed us with different gifts and talents and, um, what he asks of us and how we're supposed to use that to glorify him and what that looks like as parents when we're cultivating that in our kids And so I was really, you know, we were thinking about how do we wrap all this up? And it really kind of beautifully in today's reading helped us direct that because the reality is, is when you are helping, when, when, let me back up, when your child shares in anything that's true, good, or beautiful, whatever gifts or talents the Lord has given them. So we're talking, you know, not everybody is, is a fantastic artist or dancer. And we talked about that. It's not, not those, everybody. No, <laughs> it's not necessarily just those talents that we see that are, are more entertainment type talents or, right. or talents that you can view. But have you ever met somebody that just had the talent of um, making you feel warm and comfortable the moment they speak to you? Yes. Yes, me too. And that is an amazing talent that you, you don't identify right off. Often it's, it's hard to put something like that on a resume. It's hard to even verbalize right. what that is, yeah. but it's certainly a gift um, that that person has. And it's certainly a sharing in God's goodness. Yes. Um, and, or, or, you know, something just like a, just a warm smile, somebody who is so ready. You, there are people in this world that are so ready, quick to say, I'm sorry, and mm-hmm. quick to forgive, right? Yeah. It's a gift of just a tender heart. And it's a share in God's goodness. It's a share in his mercy. And when our kids 
or as parents when we, like mm-hmm. as a family, as a all of these, all of these ways, when we share in God's goodness at a, just a fundamental level, it's a, it's evangeliz- evangelization. 100%. We are, you know, I I picture, you know, a darkened room. And I picture, you know, as parents, one of our little ones who has, you know, that beautiful talent for just saying hi and being warm and they crack open a door to the divine for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And just picture that like a dark room and, and somebody cracking open a door and there's light on the other side and how that light just pours in. Yeah. And so much of what we've talked about this last these last few weeks is the reality that as parents, we are called to help our children flourish into the person God created them to be and help them to understand that the way he has created them um, has great dignity and purpose mm-hmm. and helping them understand what that is, just sending them out into the world to, to do those things mm-hmm. is not only an evangelization tool and an invitation to the divine, but it's also an invitation to understand that we are created in his image. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, what is our work? You know, right. when we started this, we, the Pelican project was never, I think we stepped back and we realized that the Pelican project in its work is a, a bigger picture. It's kind of creating context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely has certainly evolved from the yes. beginning. Like we were rather specific in terms of what we thought it was supposed to be at the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah, and it has over the years absolutely become much more. Um, yes, like just a bigger picture. Like we realized more and more. Like we were, were thinking of pro life work for the sake of pro-life work, I think, in a way. And it really, we've realized very much that it's very much opened up into an evangelization sort of um, ministry, or it can be, you know, I mean, pro-life work, because that's really, honestly, what happened for me when I started pro-life work. Yes, I had just come into the church, but I did not really start to understand the depths of my faith until... I started working in pro-life ministry. And And honestly, yes, that's when you pull up your sleeves and you're dealing with. So when you're, when we're talking about, you know, quote unquote pro-life issues, right. Mm -hmm. Issues that affect the dignity or the sanctity of life. Um, We're talking about end of life issues. We're talking about unplanned crisis pregnancies. We're talking about um, suffering, illness, you know, euthanasia. We're talking about all of the, so really we, when you were doing traditional pro-life ministry, you are encountering people often on their hardest day. Yes. At their lowest. Yes. Uh, those who are struggling to understand their own dignity and the dignity of their neighbor, that they are created in the image and likeness of God. And the pro-life ministry creates a door by which we can open and encounter somebody on the other side of that door. And, you know, like scripture says, knock, you know, and, and, and the door will be opened Mm -hmm. and he uses us as the instrument by which he opens that door. So you think about somebody's praying and they're saying, Lord, I'm struggling. I'm so confused. I, you know, they're questioning who they are, who they were created to be their purpose. And they cry out for help. And God says, I'm going to answer this prayer with this particular person. I'm going to answer this prayer through this, this pro-life endeavor 
And, and as we were kind of figuring that out and, and recognizing that our mission field was the domestic church, mm-hmm. we recognized that really what, what true pro-life work is at its core is a, a work of evangelization. And I think that our prayer serves have really allowed that to flourish. Yes. I think, I think as we've been speaking with people who have been using it, there's an element, cause you know, there'll be questions of like, Hey, this, this part of the prayer service kind of talking about, you know, it's more of a piece of catechesis or yes. something. Mm-hmm. And we say like, yes, because it's the context in which we operate and Every single thing we do from the ground up has to be affirming that we are made in his image and likeness and what that means about us, what that means about our neighbor and that we've been entrusted to one another. Yeah. It comes back to the foundations. It comes back to foundations. And then in this week's Progress Serve, we actually bring up Gaudium et Spes, which Mm -hmm. is a really important church document. Um, and, And in it, the church teaches us that when Christ came, the incarnation, Christ, the word becoming flesh, Christ fully reveals man to himself and he makes man's supreme calling clear. Mm-hmm. So we understand what it means to be human and what it means to be entrusted to our neighbor and what it means to love sacrificially, what it truly means to honor the dignity of every human person. Right. Um, through understanding Christ. Christ and apart from our faith, all of this falls flat. And so yes. that's why what we're doing is so important. I think because we're connecting, hopefully we're helping people connect dots. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, and I, and when we're talking about gifts, I think it can be something so small. Like, for instance, and I'll just give an example. So when Shelby was younger, in Mass, she loves to sing. And if you're, she will come into Mass and she will look to see what's on the list of hymns to be sung that day. And she will check, do I know this one? And when it is packed with stuff that she knows and loves, it's, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> it's going to, where I'm ready. And I'm like, inside boy. <laughs> like, she's I ready to it. belt it out. And she when you sing, you pray twice. That's right. right. A joyful noise. Um, so, but she loved to do it. And there were several instances where, and it was usually an older person, Mm -hmm. like an elder sort of person sitting behind us who just like they, she made their day. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for some people in that moment, if you're an older person and you've kind of gone through life and you see sort of where the culture is going, you have some concerns to say the least. But when you see a young person just enjoying their faith, if you will, you know, and I think that that in a way gives them hope. That is a gift. Absolutely. To me, that is a gift. You are offering that person hope in that, in that moment. Absolutely. By living out your faith. Absolutely. Now I, it's beautiful and it, it is the small things. I, I honestly think so now, um, I don't think we've shared this, no. but I actually work. So Crystal and I are both at the same church now, which is great. And so she runs a ministry there and I run a ministry there. Um, you're in the prayer ministry, yep, which is a gift. And it I is. run the outreach center 
at the church. And so um, we offer uh, emergency food assistance and, and clothing and a few other things. But what I realized early on, and I know you realized putting on your volunteer luncheon. Yes. That one of the most beautiful ways we can really reawaken this culture of life in ways that are totally outside of, you know, a traditional yeah, pro-life I mean, ministry yeah. or role is I recognized very quickly because I just started that there's a ministry within a ministry. Yes. So we're helping those who are without, mm -hmm. but we're also within the four walls of, of this outreach center giving or providing opportunity for individuals to serve. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to use their gifts and talents. Yeah. And mm -hmm. to encounter another and allowing um, opportunity for, for fellowship within that. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, like there's great dignity in work. You know, when we retire, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't sit still. We were actually just joking about that. I'm working so hard to not move all over the place because <laughs> apparently I do that. Um, I can't imagine retiring and not still having some place to, to go, go, right? And do. And so this, yeah, yeah. this offers that. And it's, it, it offers, there's such dignity in community and fellowship. It, it honors that we are a, a people made for communion. Mm -hmm. And that when we're stronger as the body of Christ, we're able to then help those that we're encountering even more deeply mm -hmm. and invite them into the body of Christ and, and spiritually nourish as well as physically nourish. So, yeah. so it's the volunteers are blessed by being a blessing to others. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and that, that wonderful is sort of circle. Yeah. Right. Life Life ministry. Work, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think the point we've, I've run around the bush a few times, but the point of all of this is, I think people get intimidated or shy away from the word pro-life. Yes. I mean, honestly, Google, Facebook, they all. They all have one definition. One definition. And, and, and they, they limit it and they throw, you know, because yeah. they, they see it as being a ministry that is um, maybe against things. Yes. So to flip that on its head, you know, let's be clear. We are against a lot of things. Yes. Um, but. To flip it on its head, I think the joy of what the Pelican Project has been is we're, we're almost to the end of this liturgical cycle and just kind of looking back is saying that being pro-life is being for something yes. and it is a part of every single aspect of our life. Right. We are for God's plan for life and love. Right. And that's what we're trying to express yeah. with all of this at the core, really. And we want what God wants. We want what God wants. And we love what God loves. That's it. And he loves you and he loves your neighbor. And that means that we are called to, to use our gifts in whatever they are right. to honor that. And so it, it's just really beautiful. And I hope you guys are finding value in our prayer serves. What's really exciting is our next podcast is our last podcast of the season. Uh, well, not of the, the season. Of the liturgical <laughs> year. Um, before we kick off... Um, the next liturgical year. So we're going to kind of talk about, we're going to look back, yep. talk about some of the milestones that we've had and some of the things that we're doing that are in the works that you guys maybe have no idea about. Right. Some um, sneak peeks. goals for the future that we have right. that God has kind of already started opening doors and, and maybe ways that, you know, out in listener lands, different gifts um, that, that we're kind of looking for as we are creating our Pelican, you know, 
project community mm-hmm. here that you can step into and be a part of. So we're excited for that. But we're gonna we're gonna give you a really quick podcast today because it's Thanksgiving because it's week. Thanksgiving week and you've got things to do. Yeah, you got preparations. You got a turkey to right? roast. I hope everybody like are you defrosting your turkey right now? Don't forget, put it in the fridge. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's such just, a- okay, this is perfect timing. <laughs> PSA, that has Just to, to be, remind you. That is going to be the title of this podcast. So if, if nobody listens, they still Don't get worry. our heads up. There it is. Defrost your turkey. Defrost your turkey. That's going to be the title. <laughs> Don't forget. I forgot every year. No, uh, not every year. 25% of the years. I right? Trying to make it happen faster. Actually, funny story. We won a turkey this year. Mia. Mia won a turkey. Mia won the turkey. So Mia trot. ran the turkey trot at the yes. church and she was the first female winner. That's amazing. Well, the, it was the one mile fun run. Yes. She ran the 5K um, and the cross the high school cross country team was also running and she's only 11. And she's she's like, like the wind. She's like pint size. But she won the one miler and she won a turkey. That's fantastic. So Good job, mile. kid. Yeah, that's a win for mom. It is a win. <laughs> All right, my friends. I hope each and every one of you and your families have a blessed and very happy Thanksgiving. And as always, you are in our prayers. Thank you.